What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And for today's episode, we're going to be discussing recent college basketball recruiting news with recent top recruit commitments uh, with names among, like, Jonathan Kaminga, Imani Bates, Max Christie, and Musa Siase. So let's get right into it, Henry. And Michigan State has made a big splash in the recruiting news in Michigan or in uh, college basketball. And with Max Christie and Imani Bates within eight days, landing two five stars. So, Henry, what do you think about this big splash for Michigan State? You know, Andrew, Michigan State has never been that type of school to land five stars, especially two in eight days. It's very surprising to me, but all along, I thought these were two guys Michigan State always had a good chance for, especially Moni Bates, an in-state kid who may not go to college at all, but now there's also rumors of him possibly going for two years, and, you know, we'll take him while we have him, and it's amazing to see what Tom Izzo is doing with this Michigan State program right now, and especially this could, could be one of his final years, but he's still caring about this program more than ever. Yeah, so obviously the big commitment of Imoni Bates that came before Max Christie. And I think we can all agree that there's a good chance that he'll reclassify to the 21 class. What do you guys think? Elliot, I'm not so sure about that because uh, there, there has been a quote that's been taken from Imani Bates' dad and Imani Bates himself, both discussing how if high school basketball isn't as easy – as he might as he might think or as last year he might not consider reclassifying he might take an extra development year in high school for his senior year and that might be a legitimate uh possibility there for Imani Bates because he is playing for a prep school and playing against the top competition in the country at the high school level so you think about it, he's going to be playing against Oak Hill Prep IMG Academy, playing against all these top-tier teams, high school teams across the nation, it will be a big test to see how he compares to other top talents in the nation because a lot of people are saying he plays against weak competition in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, and that in his school district. He plays against weak teams and weak competition. So to see on a national scale how he does, I think that will determine whether or not he will reclassify. So, obviously, with the pandemic, we don't really know what we're going to expect. You mentioned all the prep schools that they're planning to play, but you don't know if they're going to be playing teams out of state or just in state, and you never know. And that's a big thing for guys like Imoni, guys like Max Christie, what they're going to do if they're going to want to, you know, possibly stay more than one year at Michigan State. And to be honest, I don't really know if Imoni is going to stay at Michigan State fully because – the whole G League trend that everyone's been seeming to follow? Well, Elliot, I actually have two things to say to that. Starting off with the G League, I think it's it's very unlikely that Amoni Bates goes to the G League because he's already mentioned that he wants to go to college, wants to play for Tom Izzo, and if he doesn't, he's going to go straight to the league. And another thing with the him not being able to play out of school state or out of state schools – I think it's just it doesn't really matter for him. He's already the top prospect in his class, and he's already proven that that he's much better than just about everyone behind him in his class. And I don't think there's much more he has to prove other than if he wants to possibly be a number one overall pick a couple years early. 
Yeah, but let's get right into Max Christie speaking about the other Michigan State recruit, five-star recruit. And Max Christie, I mean, incredible player. And the, the thing was that I thought was very interesting about him, he said Duke University was the leader for him in like March. And then he went on his official visit to East Lansing and the Breslin Center. And he said, since then, Michigan State has rose to the top of his board. And eventually, obviously, he committed to them. So you've never really seen this. I mean, when Michigan State and Duke go after the same recruit, normally Duke beats them out in that recruiting battle. So I thought this was a huge step forward for Tom Izzo and the Michigan State basketball to land a Duke, uh, like a Duke option, you know. When Duke and Michigan State both go after recruits, you can look in the history. Duke typically lands them almost every single time. So this could be a huge leap forward for Tom Izzo and his recruiting skills. And, I mean, it's showing he landed the top recruit in the nation for the 2022 class in Imani Bates, landed um, a Duke prospect in where Duke was the leader for a long time and flipped him, commits to Michigan State five-star. I think this is a huge turn for Michigan State basketball and their recruiting, guys. Dude, I completely hear what you're saying. And when they even compete like John Perry in Kentucky, or like you said, uh, like you said in Duke, Coach Krzyzewski, and even uh, Roy Williams in North Carolina. But So when Max Christie committed, I was golfing on the course. And, you know, my friends and I, we were all Michigan State fans, pulled out our phone. We see Max Christie commits, and it was pretty unexpected, as you mentioned. Duke was the leader. And, you know, for Michigan State to pull off the top recruit in 2022 and now a top 15 player in the 2021 class, Tom Izzo is taking a turn on this Michigan State recruitment. Yeah, Elliot, I completely agree with what you and Andrew both said. Max Christie is definitely, in my opinion, more of a turning point than – Amoni Bates, because Amoni Bates was already kind of a lean to Michigan State in the first place, but Max Christie was a lot of people thought was going to be going to Duke, and he kind of was an unexpected commit. But speaking of another Michigan State prospect we should probably be talking about, Jaden Ankins has made the transfer to Ipsy Prep to play with Amoni Bates for his senior year of high school. And how do you think, Andrew and Elliot, that that will affect his decision possibly attending Michigan State in a couple falls? Henry, I mean, it kind of helps to have Imani kind of recruiting him as his basketball teammate. And what if you think about it, if Jaden Akins does like how he plays with Imani, how that chemistry is going on on that Yipsy Prep team, maybe he's like, I want to carry this over at Michigan State University. And Jaden Akins has stated that Michigan State has been his dream school since he's been a kid. So I think it will be really special to see Tom Izzo possibly wrap up that recruiting class with Jaden Akins and possibly having Imani reclassify so they could play together that freshman year. Elliot, what do you think? Yeah, Henry, this is your boy, the Farmington Hills Public School District four-star. I mean, him transferring, it's kind of – it's honestly – we saw it coming, but it's a little shocking for me that he would kind of want to be that number one scoring option, even though I think that he can pass the ball. but. I mean, we're talking Michigan State-wise. This is looking nice, boys. I mean, 
if he comes, you know, even if uh, Max Christie decides to leave after one year, the, the future is definitely bright, especially if Jaden Aikens, as you mentioned, leaning his head towards Michigan State. I'm, I'm excited for the future to come in Michigan State basketball, boys. Yeah, Elliot, I think it, it will be really special what they're building there in East Lansing. But let's move on to another recent five-star commitment. And this guy, he was a, initially in the 2021 uh, class, and then he did reclassify into the 2020 class. And this is Musa Siase, and he did re, uh, commit to Memphis. And I thought this was very interesting because – LSU seemed like the clear leader for a while since his uh, reclassification. And then all of a sudden, you saw a crystal ball after crystal ball come in for Memphis. And it almost seems like they came out of nowhere in his recruitment. Obviously, they were still a factor. He was always considering them. He went on an official visit there back in, I think, 2019, early 2019, maybe back in 2018. But I mean, it just seems like Penny Hardaway totally snagged him. And I think this will be incredible because Memphis had a great recruiting class last year. And just to add another five-star talent to that roster with the incredible coaching of Penny Hardaway and the assistant coach Mike Miller, both with incredible NBA experience, it will just be, I think, really special there at Memphis, what they're building there and with the recent uh, landing of Musa Siase, I will, I will love to look forward to what they're building there. You know, Andrew, originally he was supposed to commit a while back, like almost a couple months ago, and he kind of postponed it. And I was always kind of wondering what happened. And I'm still kind of interested to see what happened within those, that month and a half because it's just interesting to see him postpone his decision for, you know, a month just to commit to Memphis, a school who basically – didn't lose very many bigs and is bringing back a lot of people besides maybe their top, top player or two. And it's, I, I think he'll fit in a bit well there. Penny Hardaway will definitely get him his minutes. He's not definitely not shy about playing freshman, a lot of big minutes, but I think it's just interesting that he waited so long and just kept postponing his, that decision. Yeah, Henry. And, Musa Siase, I mean, incredible talent. And it just seemed like LSU had him. You saw all these crystal balls after his reclassification come in. LSU, 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 LSU. And then all of a sudden, within a month, you just saw all of that flip for Memphis. And you have to think of what could possibly happen in that month that uh, triggered uh, Musa's decision to flip. So that that's interesting. Penny Hardaway, obviously, great recruiter. Showed it last year's class and especially with this year's class. So it would just be interesting to see how he does there, Musa, and maybe how Memphis does because they did not lose much and they're gaining a, yet another five-star recruit. Yeah, Penny Hardaway. I mean, the 2019 class – let me just list some people he uh, recruited. James Wiseman, a five-star. Precious Achua, and the list goes on. Boogie Ellis, DJ Jeffries, Malcolm Dandridge. I mean, all these guys. And now he pulls off another five-star center in the 2020 class who he kind of snagged from LSU. And you don't really see someone – or uh, 
non-Power 5 conference team to snag one from a Power 5 conference. And Musa Siase, uh, number 24-rated prospect, I think, according to ESPN. I mean, the dude's got a bright future. I, I, looking, I just saw some highlights, and I know highlights, you can't judge a player. But, I mean, back me up on this one. He, I, think, I think he might be a one-and-done. Oh, yeah, Elliot, and you've seen him play. He put up this incredible stat line. I think it was like 31 points, 22 rebounds, and like 21 blocks, and it was just insane. You don't see anybody do that, and that's why I think he was like, yeah, I can make the leap to college this year because he showed that he could dominate the high school level. And just that stat line proves it. So it, it will just be interesting. But one one thing also, Elliot, you were mentioning guys in uh, Memphis had in that 2019 class. And one guy you left out that honestly might be my favorite player from that class is Lester Quinones, I think. And he, he's just incredible. He's like a small forward too. So you just see all those bigs they had last year. And the only ones leaving, I believe, will be Precious Achiwa and James Wiseman. So just to see all those big guys staying and now adding another five-star, it will just be incredible what they're building there. Am I wrong? I think uh, – is DJ Jeffries leaving or I, – I might be wrong here. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not sure about that one, but I do not think he's leaving, but don't, don't quote me on that one. Definitely a Chua and a Wiseman. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, let's sure. move on to another player who actually – reclassified just like uh just like Musa Siase uh Jonathan Kuminga who made his decision a couple of days ago and I mean definitely not a trendsetter cuz he did go to the NBA's G League and I'm I'm disappointed in the in this decision and I'll explain a little later but Andrew why don't you give us some insight yeah, Elliot, and this just seems like the trend right now, getting the money quicker. And obviously, these guys aren't going straight to the NBA. That isn't available right now for them. It probably will be in the near future, probably within the next three or four years. But it's just I, they want the money. Kaminga especially got offered a $500,000 contract, and that is a big amount of money for a high school kid so just seeing that it's it's incredible I mean it's nice for him I guess but what he did say is if he were to go to college he would have gone to Texas Tech and I think that would have shaken up a lot because now you have two like top five players going to the Big 12 and keep in mind none of those were going to Kansas which you never see. I mean, you Kate Cunningham going to Oklahoma State, and you would have had Jonathan Kaminga going to Texas Tech, which is just insane to think that that could have happened. But Jonathan Kaminga, I think the G League is right for certain type of players, especially the certain type of players that are already league ready, NBA ready. And I think Kaminga is just one of those players who wanted the money and felt like the G League's the best fit for him. You know, Andrew, I am definitely not a fan of this new G League trend because I am a big college basketball fan. I like to see the best players play in college. And unfortunately, with this year, you're going to see a lot more guys 
start to go to the G League more. And I think it's unfortunate that you're going to see that. But with Jonathan Kuminga, I think he, as you said, he is definitely the right kind of player to go. He, his body is definitely league built. There was no reason for him to even think about playing another year of college basketball. And in my opinion, I obviously like to see him playing college at Texas Tech or wherever he wanted to play. Preferably not Duke or Kentucky because it's Duke or Kentucky. But unfortunately, this is this the new trend we're going to have to live with. And Jonathan Kuminga is a big one that we're going to have to deal with losing. Yeah, Henry. And John Calipari came out with a statement about the G League. And he did say that, yeah, it's great for those certain types of players. But he is not very worried about uh, the G League kind of taking over the college basketball scene because he said, once again, yeah, it's good for those types of players, those types of players who are league ready, who are NBA ready, who are professionally ready. But for those players who aren't, the G League will fail them. And then they will be, quote unquote, screwed. They will be screwed. Um, for their near future it's pretty much risk reward I mean you're kind of playing if you're ready for the G League I think you should go but man do I hate this I mean like Henry said I am a huge college basketball fan I think everyone can take part in that here and we're just seeing the best players out of each class just not even play college basketball and we're just not used to seeing that and I guess because people want their money early and because people want the pro environment for their next draft class. But I think the NBA even has to do something about this. Say maybe, you know, I think personally that they should allow players out of high school to go to the draft around 2023. But I mean, I don't know if that's going to help the case, but I am really mad about this whole trend because we all like to see competitive college basketball, competitive kids go at it yeah Elliot and you guys are both mentioning you guys want to see the best high school players that are transitioning to the college level play at the college level and I completely understand that but you have to think this is almost similar to the kind of 19 late 1990s early 2000s movement of just going straight to the draft from high school. I mean, you saw top recruits like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, like Dwight Howard, who just went, skipped college. They did not go to college, went straight to the league. And that's, this is almost similar, except I get where your frustration comes because they are not going straight to the NBA. They are not getting this big contract. Yeah, the money is nice, but it's nothing compared to an NBA rookie contract, a lottery pick contract. And it's just frustrating. I see that because you do want to see the best players playing at the college level. College basketball is one of the most exciting scenes in the sports community. And you have to see where this frustration comes from because they are not going straight professional route or straight to the NBA. They are just, it's just a stepping stone. And I believe that college basketball and under a great coach like coach K like coach Calipari, like Bill self, like Tom Izzo, like Roy Williams under those coaches, I think you will thrive 
under way more than a G League system. And it just doesn't make sense to me why a bunch of these players are going. I guess you can think, yeah, maybe it's for the money. But for experience and for real development, I honestly think the college route is better. But, of course, these guys want their money. These guys think they're pro-ready. So these guys will take that risk, and that's what it will be. But, yes, it is unfortunate, guys. So I think there's nothing Henry and I can add. As that, that was a very, very inspirational speech Andrew gave. But let's move on to our favorite college basketball team, all three of us, the Michigan State Spartans. I just want a quick starting five prediction just before we sign off. No explanations needed. Henry, why don't you start us off? Okay, Elliot, that is very on the spot, but I'll give you mine right now. So at point guard, I think this is probably a pretty obvious one. I'm going to have to go with Rocket Watts. At, in playing the two wings, I believe that Gabe Brown will play one of the wings, and I believe Aaron Henry will return for his junior season and play that other wing spot. And at power forward, I believe Joey Hauser will take over that spot. And at center, I also believe Xavier Tillman will return and play in that center spot as he did last year. Yeah, Henry, I completely agree with you. And I have that exact um, starting lineup. I have Rocket Watts at the point guard. He, Cassius Winston, passed the torch off to him as the next starting point guard at Michigan State University. And I think that Rocket Watts will succeed in that. I think Aaron Henry will probably play the two guard. He played that most last season. Or actually, him and Rocket Watts kind of swapped off at the two. But Aaron Henry, I think, will play the two. I think Gabe Brown will get in at the three. Then I think Joey Hauser, the Marquette transfer that was not eligible to play last year, will get his turn this year. And then I do believe Xavier Tillman will also return to Michigan State for his senior season. But that is interesting. Aaron Henry also declared for the NBA draft. They both have to make their uh, upcoming decision before the August deadline. And that will just be interesting to see because Xavier Tillman wants a guaranteed contract straight out of the draft. And most NBA teams probably won't give that to him. So it's, it's really a big risk for him. And he has two kids. I mean, he has to look out for his family. And I just don't think that's a risk he wants to take. I think he wants to improve his draft stock with another year of development under Tom Izzo and at Michigan State. So I believe he will return. I just don't think Aaron Henry is really pro-ready. I think that was kind of a mistake. I get the testing waters, and that, that works out for him, I guess, to be able to test the draft system. But I just don't think he's pro-ready, so I definitely think he'll return too. So starting lineup for next year's Michigan State basketball team, all of our favorite team, is Rocco Watts at the point guard, Aaron Henry at the two, Gabe Brown at the three, Joey Hauser at the four, and then Xavier Tillman at the five. See. I personally think Aaron Henry won't come back to Michigan State. That's just a bold prediction. I just think he's selfish like that and might get a G League contract at the end of the draft or maybe even some uh, NBA Summer League team workouts. But my prediction is Rocco Watts at the one, Gabe Brown at the two, and this is the surpriser. Uh, Malik Hall at the three. I think he, I think him with his height, it, it just doesn't fit the four to me. 
maybe in college basketball, but just not to me. And I think if he loses some of that, just some weight. I I mean, I know he doesn't have so much fat on his body, but to just – Henry, I see you're anxious to – what's up? No, I was just – I'll let you finish. Go ahead, Elliot. All right, so Malik Hall at the three. And here's where I'm debating between Joey Hauser and Matty Sissoko. I'm really liking Matty Sissoko here, but I think Joey Hauser will take it, and Matty Sissoko might take the reign of the starting power forward as the season progresses, and I think Xavier Tillman will come back as the Michigan State starting center for the 2020-2021 season. And with that, guys, I think that's going to be it for today's podcast. I see Andrew's hand. Is there anything you have to add, Andrew? Yeah, guys, I just want to say the reason we're talking about Michigan State so much is because we're all huge Michigan State fans and we're kind of a Detroit-based podcast. So that's kind of why you guys are hearing a lot of Michigan State. A lot of our listeners are from this area. So we give the listeners what they want. That's kind of our demo. That's kind of our region where we're uh, feeding our uh, sports um, intellect to. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the reasoning behind Michigan State. Plus, we are all massive Michigan State Spartan fans. So that, I just want to clear that up with all the listeners who aren't necessarily Michigan State Spartan fans who aren't really from the Detroit-based uh, area. Elliot, do you have anything to add before we wrap it up today? Nope. Henry, as always, let's do the outro. Yeah, uh, as always, guys, we want to thank everyone for listening. It's, it's a pleasure having – these two join me every week that we've been doing this podcast. And I think that these two could say the same for all the listeners out there. It's of course, of course. also appreciate you for listening and don't forget to subscribe rate and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the last take sports podcast.